This is Thomas Gosson of Mind's Eye, the web series, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Exterminate. Computer, status report. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. No! Wrong! For TalkCast 71, you're asked to keep your hands inside the TalkCast at all times. You must be at least this high to be listening to TalkCast 71. For your safety and mental well-being, the producers and hosts ask that you refrain from incessant giggling unless warranted. It's February 12th, 2011. Welcome to Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep inside the Area 51 at the Underground 17 Giggles Hut and Comedy Cavalcade, I am the Dome. Joining tonight's talk cast from the Austin Brighton Hellmouth, the Margaret Cho of podcasts, Kriana. Why am I the Margaret Cho again? Just because I said so. I want to be the RuPaul of podcasts. <laughs> what a shot! <laughs> <laughs> well, that answer a lot of Joining us tonight from the Four Color Vault of Comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, it's the Ben Stiller and Janine Garofalo of science fiction, Illustrator X and the Dead Redhead. <laughs> Here's looking up your address. If I'm Janine Garofalo, do I get to have one of those bowling balls with the head inside? Um, and oh, from yes. Outpost, California, in Indiana, our own little <laughs> slice of Sam Kinison. Flame on for Awake by Java. Why can't it just stay the fantastic threesome? Everybody wants a fantastic threesome. Oh, yes. Or fantastic threesome. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Joining us tonight, it's Christian Rubiano to talk about webcomics at his website, inkbot.net. Christian, how are you, buddy? What's up? I'm here hanging in, waxing my wittily. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That's, what, that's what you guys been promoting for the last two weeks. Is Figured that a Brazilian wax or just waxing in general? In any case. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a city guy, so I just... Bypass the wax, just go straight for the. (laughs) 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 Just rip it out. It's going to be that kind of a night, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) It's been an interesting week in sci fi. Uh, We want to start off with uh, letting you know that there's still time to vote for Illustrator X at talenthouse.com. X, how are we doing with that, by the way? We are are doing very well. you know, considering I'm, uh, I mean, there's the untold millions listening to the podcast, of course, but beside that, I'm an unknown quantity, so it's nice that I've, I've gone over 40 votes so far, and there is still time to vote, so, um, you know, even if you voted for someone else, you can always vote again for another artist as well, and uh, please keep them coming. I am so thankful for everyone who's voted. I mean, it's one thing when you're your mom votes, and thank you, mom. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, mommy X. But it's another thing. It's Nana like, Ellen. Crap! You got it's your mom to vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> my mom wouldn't go with my graduation. That's awesome. <laughs> but you got Fucking excellent. Voted for you. Yeah, I got all these. I'm like, who are these people? Do I owe them money? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, no kidding. So, but 
thank you very much and keep the votes coming in people i appreciate it awesome awesome and when when does voting end for that soon sooner than you think (laughs) go now vote early vote often it's like a chicago alderman's election (laughs) (laughs) except for you get to cheat (laughs) just kidding just kidding (laughs) so priyana what did you want to talk about today dinosaurs drag queens (laughs) things that start with I don't know. Uh, how does that relate to zombies on Glee? Yay, zombies were on Glee. Um. <laughs> For the record, I think honestly, has everything to do with Glee. Honestly, that's all there is to say. Zombies on Glee. Yay. Okay, first of all, the mashup of Thriller and Heads Will Roll was actually better than the original Heads Will Roll. Yeah, yeah it actually was I look good. forward to your emails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> However, I found some remixes that I really liked, and I just wanted to point out that this is one of the ways in which building upon someone else's art actually promotes the original artwork. Because, am am I into dance music? No. No. Not really. I'd rather stay at home and knit than go to a club. But... You should just knit at a club. That will fuck people up. (laughs) Sometimes I met at the bar and people are really confused. What are you doing? I'm knitting. What are you doing? Funny if you form like a legion of followers too. They just follow you at the clubs and start knitting. Yeah, stitching Mitch in a club. That would be loud. I can see our evening activity at Boston Comic Con. (laughs) together <laughs> and going to knit at the club that would be I'm gonna fabulous. Go get some freaking needles tomorrow. <laughs> so if you come and see us at Boston Comic Con, you come to the Sci-Fi Saturday Night Table. We'll be knitting. I'll be knitting. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. Zombarian will be. We'll give you a free pin or something. Okay, Kriana. You know how much? How much are you gonna charge for people to walk up and be like, "Can you please knit me Wolverine?" Um. I don't know if I could knit Wolverine. I could try. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if she would be taking like requests to do like like an artist? You know, you walk up to an artist and go, "Can you do a sketch card of like Wolverine?" See, she but couldn't do that. I could. I, 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 I'd fuck it up. I, I would be like, you know what, Doogie Hauser, right now, thirty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you, I would. I would try. <laughs> I, w- I would try. But you're probably gonna end up with Doctor Horrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So anyway, what I was saying was that the mashup better than the original, but be that as it may, the Yeah Yeah Yeahs had a, a mix of uh, remixes of Heads Will Roll up on there. And I found some that were really cool, and guess what? I bought them. What? I bought did them. Really? I did. <laughs> so this is a sale that the Yeah Yeah Yeahs never would have made without Glee. Yeah, there you're very... You're I like the right. I love, I love, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. take my dollar ninety-eight and savor it. You know, <laughs> you know who's uh, who's who's not savoring much at this point because he keeps getting rejected from projects. Who? Tom Cruise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Should never jump on a goddamn couch. He, okay, he's, he's weird. He's weird, yeah. and yeah. and he's and he's still like uh, there's uh there's this um thing that he wants to be a part of it's a uh, uh, yeah. a lovecraft thing it, it, x you know more about it than i do 
Yeah, well, first of all, Mr. Cruz, stop calling us. You know, we have enough guests on the show. We have enough <laughs> casts. You know what? If Tom Cruise called us, I would say no thank you. <laughs> Scientologists are not something that you want to be associated with. He just emailed me a couple hours ago. Something about Thetans. I, yeah, I yeah. Know. You know what? That's a whole brand of crazy. You know, they're probably going to send me an angry letter just for saying this. You know what? I, for the record, I got I to gotta take the, a few comedians said this before. I got to say it too. I can't hate on the Scientologists because, I mean... Look, people believe in some crazy shit. I mean, people do. I mean, take Catholics. Just, I mean, yeah. really, take no, Catholics. Just, just <laughs> Christianity in general is ridiculous. No, they seriously believe that the cracker is the body of Jesus. I thought they were joking about that, but apparently they weren't. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I'm the out. You must know I'm a Carla Knight, all right? <laughs> okay. I'm out. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Lovecraft. We're still talking about fantasy. <laughs> Love it. Wow. I look forward to everything. <laughs> yeah, I look forward yeah. to your letters and death threats. <laughs> I believe in the horror from the deep. <laughs> yeah. I don't. <laughs> Mr. Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Mr. Cruz. that we are completely blasphemous. Yeah, so speaking of blasphemy, <laughs> Tom Cruise wants to star in Guillermo de Toro's At the Mountains of Madness and have billing over Doug Jones. Um, no thank you. Oh. Thanks, but no thanks. Screw you, uh, Tom Cruise. Hey, I mean, he I was already in Valkyrie, right? No. Good job on someone else's couch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a fantastic actor. He really is. But he runs all the time, and I'm tired of seeing Tom Cruise. You, you know what, though? I, I think he was better when he was younger. I think he was he, a lot better when he was younger. He, yeah. he made a stride when he was born on the 4th of July. After that, it was like, you know. It's all downhill. Pretty yeah. much. Quit while you're ahead, Tom Cruise. In, in actors that are successful and aren't annoying as hell, Nathan Fillion is going to voice <laughs> the animated Green Lantern. Oh, my Yay! God. Nice. Which is going to be interesting because it comes out two weeks after the movie comes out. Well, I hope it's better than that shitty trailer they released. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know how to feel about the Green Lantern movie, but you know. Yes, you do. This <laughs> sucks. <laughs> you just saw the trailer. It's all you need to know. <laughs> no, I'm oh, joking. I, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. I your letters tonight. <laughs> you know, I, I, honestly, I, I, I hope. I really do hope it's amazing, but I have to be honest. It's not. It looks like it looks like another um, this guy romantic comedy. I can't think of his name now. It, it so. cannot be as bad as either one of the Incredible Hulks was. Yeah, it's gonna be better hey, than hey, that. Hey, hey, hey. I like, the I second like one. The second yeah. one was wonderful. Yeah, the second one. There was nothing wrong with with the Ed Norton, yeah, really. Yeah, awesome. yeah, but who saw it? I mean, true. Thank you. Yeah, but I mean, there's many movies that nobody saw when it first came out. Look at Blade Runner. It's amazing now. Nobody saw it when it came My out. My favorite movie of all time. I still haven't seen it. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh, I, I have no desire. It's you on my be Netflix with an iron glove. <laughs> oh, crap. You, you need to go back to dystopian hell. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you, need, I, you need to go. I've read the book. Back. 
I've read the book. I yeah, love the book. Cool. I don't want to watch the movie. I don't. Yes, you do. Uh, to be honest, um, this is as someone who read the book. These are one of this is one of the few movies that actually match the book, and um, in, in some case, maybe even surpassed it. But Christian, I've been burned so bad in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be hurt again. Have you ever have you ever seen a great movie? Read the book and it was worse. Um, like The Godfather's like that. Uh, the Mario Puzo. Have you ever read the actual novels? Um, the the movies are amazing. The the novels? Crap. The novels are not that good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's this is one of the few examples where, and it also depends to some degree on which cut of the movie that you actually see. Mm-hmm. Even if you only see the the original first cut that was uh, that was first out in theaters, it's still pretty goddamn good. Yeah. Yes. I think hey. all cuts of it. It's good. You know, uh, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy uh, far, far away. We had Spider Robinson on the show. I can still show. remember. And one, one of Spider's uh, best novels is about the Cross Time Saloon, Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. So most of his novels about about yeah, Callahan's well, Cross no, Time Saloon. No, Actually, no, they are. There are a whole lot of them that aren't. So you know what? Get out your books. Um, I have them in my. Library. No, no, you don't. You have mine in your library. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't think you guys are talking about books anymore. I don't know. No. <laughs> anyway. anyway, there's a new show on current TV that yes. I'm just starting to learn about, and it's called Bar Karma. It was very cool. X and I watched it, and it stars, speaking of Blade Runner, it's got the gentleman who played the toy maker. Cool. Uh, what? Yeah. Cool. Blade Runner, and he was also in New Heart. Yeah. You know him as uh, Larry, Darryl Larry, Darryl with there. his brother Daryl and his other brother Daryl. Yeah. And it started off as basically a guy walks into a bar and all this stuff happens, and he has to talk about the things that have happened in his life, and different characters are going to be on it. It looks like it's going but, to be kind of an anthology series. So. But it's a choose-your-own-adventure. Yes. The, the audience is, is encouraged to go online and vote on plot lines. And, and we're going to submit stories. And we're going to actually put that link on our website so that right. the, our, our listeners can like go there. And you need to check this out. This actually looks Really, but, really interesting in that it's a community-developed television show, and you become part of the community. You get to be part of the whole decision-making process, and uh, it's very much a Callahan's Cross Time to Saloon kind of feel to it. And I'm sure that if uh, Spider got a chance to be uh, got a chance to look at this, he might actually smile. I really think. Uh, well, Spider's very big show. on sharing and caring and people dealing oh. with his characters. I mean, he dealed with so many of Robert Hyland's characters. Yeah, absolutely. Wait. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to submit a story to Bar Karma about how Spider Robinson and his favorite podcast, Sci-Fi Saturday Night, get, <laughs> uh, get you know on-the-house drinks at this bar all night. <laughs> and then we can just sit there and be ourselves, and it'll be really entertaining for an hour. Yes, it's for us. <laughs> Nobody yeah, else. Pun all night. <laughs> can I get an amen up queen. in here? <laughs> <laughs> amen. <laughs> 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 
Yay. <laughs> I'll if I can find a way to bring you know, Cage Thompson I, into it, but I'm not sure how that would work. I honestly don't. I'm not sure how that would uh, that would affect the series. It might uh, it might lead to series fatigue. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice segue! <laughs> Snap. Who wants to be a bigger jackass than Rick Berman? Ooh, me. <laughs> Rick I bet Berman. if I try hard, I could aspire to that. Rick Berman is now claiming that series fatigue is the reason that Star Trek Enterprise died. How about <laughs> shitty writing for a year and a half? <laughs> How about not giving a crap about the characters? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hang on. Pre-show... You were all like, it wasn't serious fatigue, and I was like, yeah, it was shitty writing, and you were like, no. No, no, no. Here's what I said. (laughs) They brought in, in the end of season two, a whole new series of showrunners, and Manny Cota was the new executive producer, and Manny spun that son of a bitch around and started to bring it back together and brought in a really compelling storyline and then Berman hung it out to dry. The, the whole problem with Star Trek Enterprise was... To Paul? No, no one cared about it. Yeah, no. Yeah. No, well, no one... I mean, okay, I, I am... I am. Didn't they pay to like, get it back? <laughs> I'm a diehard The Next Generation fan. Yeah, amen! I, I will always be TNG, uh, you know, pride. I will be. Make it um, so! But there, I know Number people one. who are, are Deep Space Nine fans, and that would be me. That, I'm sorry, I'm Battlestar Galactica all the way. <laughs> okay, that is people, original. I know or people new? who believe not a new one. Star Trek, new one. I know original people who Star believe Trek. that Star Trek Voyager was the best series that was ever made. I know people like that. Yeah. But I have never met anyone who is a diehard Enterprise fan, and I'll tell you the reason why. It's Please really do. simple. It's really simple. You cannot watch that show. Without thinking about Quantum Leap. Yeah. I'm sorry. I can't see him in anything except for Quantum Leap. It's been good. Even in Chuck, even in this this completely not sci-fi series, Chuck, all I see (laughs) is Quantum Leap. And I keep looking. For him to show up, look in a mirror, and then all of a sudden a shot of him as this 80-year-old black lady comes up. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I can't take him seriously ever again. But you're entitled to do that. What I'm saying is this, and I'm going to stick by it. They had the possibility of putting a good series together. They tried. They failed. They made a number of changes in it. But when they started to make a real change with it by bringing Manny Cota in as executive producer, they also hung it out to dry. Had they given it the rest of that season and not that bullshit send-off that they did at the end, the world would have been a better place for Star Trek people. And you would have had possibly another season or two of a fairly decent, decent series. You You know who's given up on a series? Oh yeah, Smallville. Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. <laughs> Lex, Luthor Lex Luthor's like, okay, I'm done. I'm just, I can't, I can't do this. Anymore. Just, Actually, somebody there has. I, some, I posted the story, but I have to add an an, uh, an update. 
Airlock Alpha just just posted that he has now agreed. They must have shoveled enough money in front of him. He said, "Fine, I will do a cameo in the last one." Fine, I I finally have enough money to create my world-destroying device. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all ten seasons of is, small. Is this kind of what they did for Jay Davidson in the original Stargate movie? <laughs> oh, that's right. They he it was what was it? He was like, "I'll do it for a million bucks." He said, "Yeah, give me a million dollars and I'll do it." And they did. And he was like, they "Oh crap, I gotta do it." <laughs> <laughs> but in in good Superman news, uh, Zack Snyder has been doing. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> Zack Snyder has been doing a ton of interviews about the Superman movie, and one of the things that he said recently really caught my attention. Um, he, first of all, he's been a fan of S- Superman for, for a long time. Um, Which is but, what you need to do to do that franchise. Right, exactly. Um, well, he's, he's a huge comic book fan all around. Absolutely. He really, yeah, he really yeah. does know his stuff. You know yeah. who that just makes me more disappointed in is Jim Parsons. Oh shit! Don't even go there. Screw that is you, so... Jim Parsons. You know, can I don't watch Doctor Who. What? Just, just to digress for just a second, it made this week's episode of Big Bang Theory almost unwatchable after the bullshit that he pulled on uh, the Craig Ferguson show. That was I just fucking I, ridiculous. I tried to watch it and I couldn't even like it. See, this is why I don't pay attention when you talk about these things. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to you ruin know, um, everything for me. Good. So, uh, to be honest though, sometimes uh, and I don't I I've never seen Big Bang Theory. I, I you know, I I I rarely watch TV sometimes. So it's <laughs> forgive me, but You're you know, some, sometimes sometimes specific I'm assuming he's an actor. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But from what you're saying, but uh, this is a discussion I had with some sometimes somebody who isn't attached to a project um, emotionally, but just comes at it from a professional level, um, gives out better work than a quote-unquote somebody who is emotionally. T- I know it sounds weird, but sometimes... Sometimes you're right, but this time, not so much. Yeah, okay. and especially about this Superman film. I mean, the the last Superman movie was horrible. It was just it was so bad. Well, I mean, they well, had a what? good that's, actor that's a, cast. But that's a perfect example of what I just said. It, it was that... Brian Singer loved Superman so much, he basically wrote a love letter to it. And that's all it was. It was just a love letter to the first two movies. So it's, I remember watching it and saying, okay, this is, I love the first two Superman movies, so this is a nice fan film. Oh, wait a minute. This isn't a fan film. What the no, hell? No, it is isn't a fan movie. film. It was supposed to be a movie, and it wasn't. Exactly. Speaking yeah, of but- fan films, if you haven't brought Brown Coats Redemption yet, their store should be fixed now. So go for, <laughs> yes. go for doing but, that. What's that? What Zack Snyder said about this movie is that he thinks he really thinks Superman needs to be physical. So we're going to see some Henry Cavill as the Man of Steel kicking ass, which is exactly oh, what Superman damn needs time. Because the last exactly. one, he was a pansy, and and it really <laughs> sucked you. because because uh, you know he's that, I love that actor. I don't know what his name is. He was in Brandon Ruth. Brandon Ruth. Yeah. He. I mean, he looks like Superman. Like if he. If you walked in the door, I would be like, "Hey, you're Superman." Yep. And then I would say some <laughs> other stuff. And then I would. And then you would say some other stuff. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go into that. So. Uh, oh but, my. You know, <laughs> I take now. We do. <laughs> but 
but uh, Superman, uh, this next Superman movie, I'm so pumped about it. I'm just, I, I'm beside myself. No, I, I am too. I'm, hey, speaking I, of things to get pumped about, um, yes. this, this is an odd one, but it, for me, this is really exciting. Uh, on Monday, Jeopardy, artificial intelligence rears its ugly head as... Uh, you mean it's beautiful, logical head. Shit, yeah. I, I can't wait to see this. I have been watching films of Watson uh, and talking to people over at IBM for the past three weeks. And uh, this is going to be an amazing couple of days watching the Watson supercomputer compete against uh, Brad Rutter and Ken So here, here's an awkward question. What if it loses the first day? I think it would be cool if it does, to be honest with you. Why? Because of, well, because it thinks. It doesn't just process. It's actually thinking. And I was talking with a couple of people uh, uh, who were connected to the Watson Project. And they were telling me, you know, they showed, they sent me a link to a couple of films, a couple of videos uh, that they posted where it showed him getting questions wrong because it was thinking in 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 the cloud that it has to in order now, me, to make the connections that it has to make. Now, and it me, was making, just, yeah, yeah. You're saying it's so advanced it's stupid? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what though? No, it's um I, I think is it I think I have uh, two questions here. The is it is it because it's trying to be so analytical? It's almost, it's it's really considering all all options that it might actually get it wrong, or is it to a case that they're they're, they're trying to make it so human like that they're actually adding some subjectivity into it in, in the terms of like you know I don't there's know, a adding... level of subject to subjectivity that has to be added to its cloud thought in order to understand colloquialism, in order to understand mm-hmm. irony, in order to understand riddles. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's not but, something that's a logical A plus B equals C. That's not a binary computation at all. So it's got to understand irony. That's difficult for a computer to do. And it is. Does, this is this is not this is not Big Blue playing chess. This is an entirely no. different animal. That's an that's entirely, awesome. I mean, yeah, I know, and I, I cannot wait because it's funny that. Um, there's this particular video that's on uh, that's on the IBM website that they uh, shot me over to, and the computer Watson came up with a particularly ridiculous answer, and like 25 people in the room started laughing, and you could almost feel that the computer was embarrassed. It was so weird. That is awesome. You know, you know, you know what would be amazing. If if this if this thing actually goes on to do what they're saying it does in terms of of really acting like a person, and I, I would just like them to just to publish the book of what went into the research of, of of establishing that you know that that type of you know system. Can you imagine the type of uh, how beneficial that would be to the field of psychology in itself? That's absolutely it's just, a, it's just absolutely. amazing. It's you fantastic. know, it, it it all goes back to uh, Asimov's. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Uh, Susan Calvin. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is the really three what laws. It goes down. The three laws yeah. of robotics. I actually, and- I remember 
I, I swear, I remember reading like an article in Omni, if you remember Omni, a million <laughs> years ago, where they talked about we act, the scientists were like, we want to develop artificial intelligence because we want to drive it insane to see why things go insane. And I was like, well, that's horrible. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, but it's but, horrible. Well, uh, as long I as don't know. The, odd bay doors. The therapist in me says that it's that, that's fascinating. You know, I I rarely have the the desire to uh, sit down and watch network television anymore. But this is one of those things where I just feel like I have to be involved. I have to sit down and I have to watch this happen because, you know, someday uh, as our robot overlords are. You know, <laughs> controlling our thoughts with implants in the back of our skulls. I'll want to tell my invisible and uh, uh, not real grandchildren about yeah. how the human race became subjugated by our robot overlords. <laughs> and, you, you, and Watson will remember you. Trust me on this one. <laughs> you will be. Because that son of a bitch is about the size of a double wide trailer. Tune in to see Skynet. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, there is that feel to it. And as as weird as it is, there is, you know, you can't get that Thomas Decker feeling out of your head. Mm. Well, you know, the really strange thing, and as a, as a teacher of young children, um, I, I, I know this, you know, people don't understand how far we've come. I mean, I'm a young pup compared to some of the people here. And I I still can't believe I can't believe, uh, you know, in, in the, the short span of my lifetime, how far we've come. And, and this is just I mean, this is amazing. It's it's no, unbelievable. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'm I've up until last June, I was teaching in high school. And um, you should just see how many kids in my class never don't even know what a what a VCR is. You know, they have no clue what it is. They it's just just these things that we had just what twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, are like totally just absent to them. They have one no clue. Things, one of the things that none of us really realize because we don't have the the scope to look at is the the amount of technology increase in just the last century. In the last century, we have done so much. Let me give you a very quick example. Uh, my wife's grandmother came down from Canada in a covered wagon. She died when she was 100 years old. It, she was uh, in uh, 1999 uh, or 2000. And at 100 years old, she came down from Canada in a covered wagon and lived to see a man walk on the moon. No, she died okay. way before that. One of the uh, one of the assignments I gave to my computer class the other day was uh, over the weekend to count the number of computers they saw. We talked about what a computer is and um, and how to how to identify whether or not there's actual computation happening inside of a, a thing. And uh, my my goal was that they understood when they came back to class on Monday um, that the amount of technology in their lives is unbelievable and. I, to a to a student, they came back and they said, uh, "Mr. Raywalt, I gave up after <laughs> about about a day." <laughs> and you know, it, one of them showed me the pages of check marks they had made in their notebook. 
to to count the number of computers that came into their life every day, and it, it's just it's unbelievable. Well, but, I, mean, I mean, just so- just think around the home. You've got yep computers and yeah phones and iPods, but there's also computers now in your car, in your microwave, in your oven, in your in dishwasher, your probably in your toaster. Yep, 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 yep. yep. heating system, HVAC system. Yeah, yeah, even in the poorest of the poorest of the neighborhoods. I mean, my neighborhood is extremely poor. You see these kids running around. They live in the projects and they have iPhones and (laughs) uh, GPSs in their cars. It's scary, isn't it? Uh, And how dependent we are upon it. So it, it's it's a handicap as to in in a lot of ways. Even in, in math classes, I have colleagues that that is just kids cannot do anything without a calculator. Even almost basic basic arithmetic. Right. Can, can I tell you how many kids? And that's awesome. Cannot, that is awesome. Use, wait, they cannot that, use a clock unless it's a digital clock. Because, <laughs> you know what's scary though. We're, we're getting the social piece of it, though, too. The social piece where people are having problems, and I'm seeing this in students. They're having trouble having face-to-face contacts with people because they, if they want to say something, they have to run home and put it on Facebook. They can't you know what? say it to I'm the person. I'm glad you brought person. that up. I actually, I actually wrote a paper, um, and, and, well, more so an article, and um, it was, I submitted it, and it, I had an interesting discussion with the, with the editor of this newspaper afterwards. And it was, it was essentially saying that a lot of the problems with the social media that we have today is it's really an impersonal way of getting personal. So the same thing goes with texting, same thing goes with just all these things. So we had, so you're right, you, there's a lot of people that just can't communicate one-on-one anymore. It's just, it's almost, it's, it's almost like we allowed them to, to build a larger bubble, so to speak. Yes. Mm. Well, see, and Isaac Asimov talked about this in the 1940s and 1950s in his robot series, The Caves of Steel, mm-hmm. uh, where he had uh, a society outside of the planet Earth in which nobody had any interaction with anyone else. The, the, the entire interaction was done via computers. And that when a human was in physical contact with another, they became physically ill. Not just in physical contact, in the same room. In the well, same think about, room. Think about yeah. the scary stuff with uh, with text messaging. Um, I know you probably see this a lot um, as a teacher. I forgot your name, <laughs> Mr. Computer Teacher. Um, That's Java. Uh, Java. Um, it, when I see the the kids used to hand in their writing assignments and they write the way they text, and it's it's yes. it's such a yes. big problem that you can't as even as a sci-fi fan, you had to think back to 1984 with Newspeak, with the way yep. with, with with just the way everything we do. It's it's just. You know, we can't even write out long sentences anymore. People are talking like, oh, OMG. You know, I just hear kids in the mall all the time, OMG and such and such. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, guys. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I don't really care because through the course of human history, things change. And if you continue to hold on to those things that that you grew up believing were essential, Mm um and don't embrace the the things that are coming along now um you're so stuck in the past that you can't you can't understand what's wonderful about the new stuff and i i I don't care if if a student you know doesn't know how to spell that doesn't bug me because heck i don't need to know how to spell i have a machine that does that for me and yeah i'm dependent on it and i'm okay with that i hear here's i'm perfectly okay with that because you know (laughs) 
I don't need to know how to use a slide rule. And no one, no one I know, not even the the math people that I know, care about a slide rule. But, but you know what? Let me. Uh, you know, just fifty say- years ago, a slide rule was an essential piece of equipment, and if you didn't know how to use it, you weren't going to go anywhere. And when calculators came in, everybody was like, "Well, what's going to happen about slide rules?" And honestly, everyone takes things that are new, like, "Oh my God, people aren't." contacting each other face-to-face as much, and then extrapolates that to the illogical extreme of they will never make face-to-face contact again. Oh, no, of course. I, no, but let, no, no, but no, let me, no. Let me kind of hear, though, as, as uh, just, again, as a teacher and looking at the, what you call it, you know, the education statistics and everything, it's not, it, it's, I've, I've, you know, I'm totally for, I mean, I work in, in, in digital comics. So, yeah, I'm totally for embracing what's new. And I'm not saying that you should, you know, lock, totally right. be off to that. And, and no, not at all. And, 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 and I agree that 90% of the thing is really just overreaction and all that. However, there is, there is a problem with a lot of the kids today do not read and do not have even basic. I'm telling you, I have kids in my class who don't even know who the Nazis are. And, 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 we, have, and we have kids. I have kids. That I had seniors in a senior class who had fifth grade reading levels and who could barely write. Now, I know you could say, well, they don't need to write. They have a machine. No, there's a difference because writing creates cognitive, helps with your cognitive ability. So a lot of these kids, when they talk about certain things, they just can't, they can't articulate. They can't express specific ideas. They almost get frustrated that I have to show them poetry and I have to show them all these different things. And yes. then they're like, you know, it, it's so there, there is something being lost there. And I see myself as a teacher or at used to be a teacher seeing that there there is a problem so i think it's not so much a call for for people to move back into the into the you know the cave era the caveman era but more so of a balance just make sure that you know do what's logical throw out what isn't in other words here's here's the issue agree here's the absolute issue each quantum jump that we take in technology we have those who will sit and go this is the best thing ever. We don't need to use anything ever again. We also have another group that will say, look at all that we've lost. My God, they will never... You know, when movies came in, they said, the book is going to die. Then when television came in, they said, movies are going to die. Then they built a personal computer and Bill Gates said, what the hell would people want one of these in their house for? And, <laughs> now, and now nobody can live without one. Oh, now Dude. look at di- look at digital comics. I mean, my field. I, I've you know how many conventions I go to. I I get attacked left and right. I literally have somebody come up to me and says, "Thank you. I'm going on a business because of you." And, you know, and I have to sit them down and talk to them and yada yada. We'll get into that later. But it's that's you know I I'm totally sympathetic. I I really do understand you know both sides of the argument there. But it's just. You know, it's it, it doesn't mean just because because I'm also the reason why I'm interjecting here is because I'm also not too much of a neutralist either. I think I think sometimes people are like, oh, both sides have suggestions, so let's just meet at the middle, and that's nope. the way we should go. That's not so, the way it's going to so, go, though. Exactly, exactly. Because what what happens sometimes life is a bit more unpredictable than that, and it's just you know it, it, these the extremes are what shape what shape humanity one way or another so it's just it, that's why we have to kind of keep our fingers on the poles and just you know just just interject when something's ridiculous interject when you know when when the mtv generation is you know all they're watching is jersey shore and fucking my sweet 16 you know and don't don't forget skins. please don't forget skins <laughs> you know what though I, I don't have a problem with skins and here's the reason why because i 
I, and and it was having a discussion with my sister-in-law, who's you know has very young kids, because it, it shows a very real reality of what's going on. I, I have no problem with a show that shows what's actually going on, because people have these rose-colored glasses of what, and that's you know that what they're going through is what I grew up in. I mean, that's exactly what was happening in high school when I was. So now they're showing that you know what? Yeah, let's talk about this. Let's let's people get uncomfortable and let's start talking about these issues. So I don't personally, I don't have an issue with skins. Um, I have a problem with with Jersey Shore because that that there that's a celebration of ignorance in my opinion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. And okay. now we're well past the halfway point in the show. Kriana. Well past. It well, is what a wonderful conversation. Thank yeah, you everybody. Excellent. And you know here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night we're big supporters of alternative business models. <laughs> yeah man. Kriana. And, uh, yeah. Huh? The wheel. Oh right. We need Definitely. a new wheel sound. If anyone would like to suggest a new wheel sound, I'm open to that. Kriana at sci-fi Saturday night dot com. I look forward to your emails. If anybody No whammies, come on, you can do it. And the winner in tonight's wheel of cephalopods is our Daniel Olafar. For writing his master's thesis. <laughs> Heart. Heart. So, X, you want to talk about his wonderful master's thesis that he wrote last week? Hey, hey, wait. What prize do I get? Cash? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was supposed uh, to win a Jason Casey print, but I haven't seen Jason Casey to get the print yet. Yeah. So we'll find him something. You'll get it by Comic-Con, hopefully. Or at least after huh. Comic-Con, because we'll see him then. That's well, true. let me say for the record, I haven't got my print yet, so and that was like nine months. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So, so if you, whoever name you just said, if you're sad, you need to knock it off. This guy right here, who's an actual guest on the show, still haven't got his. So, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just playing. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> Alrighty, so we will be seeing Jason at uh, Boston Comic Con uh, very shortly, actually. That will be uh, 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 April 30th and January. January. Jesus, God in heaven, help me, zombie Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I'm not playing. Dressing up as next year. Here's what we haven't played for a while. (laughs) Hey, Dome. Hey, what? There's a rumor going around we have a guest. (laughs) (laughs) And we should actually interview the guest. (laughs) <laughs> would you like to get to that X? I think that would be called for. <laughs> All right, well, what? Go ahead. Well, well, the guest has been talking. It's not like we've been ignoring no, said no, guest. Okay. Now we kind of are. It's a little rude. Well, now I'm going to ignore the guest. So go ahead, X. You get right. <laughs> yeah, you're the art guy. Kristen Rubiano, will you please wax wittily on the winsome web comics of Inkbot.net? <laughs> what? <laughs> awesome. Um, what's up? <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't know what to do. You introduce myself. Is that is that what that means? You, okay. So um, you have web comics, and they are comics that are on the web, and people hate you for that. But we love you, so that's really okay. all that matters. Well, um, I, then I guess I guess I introduce Inkbot.net. Then um, for those of you who who, who don't know, um, Inkbot.net is a web comic website. Um, 
We showcase several, we have a handful of creators or creative teams, as I like to call it, that push out content on a weekly basis. We have monthlies, we have weeklies, bi-weeklies. We update all the time. Um, we have all different types of genres on there. And I think most importantly, our comics are actually good. Um, so <coughs> <laughs> That's important. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's <laughs> for the most part, right? Um, mm. But it's, 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 a, it's a really, really good you know um website <laughs> and we we're we're just under a year old and uh we're growing like crazy <laughs> um and it's awesome i don't now, know it's, uh it's what free, are your right? huh it's free right yeah you don't, totally free. you don't charge for yours okay no we don't we don't totally we, we don't charge and that's what get most of the people most people get confused when they come to us and they say i don't understand why are you posting all this stuff for free how do you get people to um you know how do you make money off of this stuff how do you expect to live off of your art if, if all of it's free and this is and i'm glad they're asking that because this ties into exactly what we're talking about and this is uh changing the business model of how you of how you do business um, amen as 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 a digital comics as you know and it's it's i'll go back to the guy who approached me at the convention and this is the new york comic-con the first convention we did was the new york comic-con we're on the main floor and um you know we we've did we we had we went in there not knowing how the hell we were gonna do you know because we we just started the site a few months before and we did amazingly well we had like 500 issues for sale and we we completely sold out and um we had this one guy that came to the table and he was seated directly across from us and he was like hey i hope you know that you guys are the ones who are putting us out of business so you know i had i had a discussion with him and um it's really it's one of those takes that i really get upset at because i mean does he think that i didn't grow up reading comics like he thinks that i want paper comics to go out of you know out of stock he thinks that you know of course not it's just this is the way the industry is moving just like I mean, iTunes is, is killing record sales. That's just the way it is. People have iPods. People have, you know, nobody wants to go to a record store anymore and buy and buy CDs. That's their own prerogative. Well, look, but, nobody used cassettes anymore either, but no one's claiming that music is dead. Of course. And, that, and, that's, and that's the whole thing. It's changing the mindset, changing the way we do it. And I think a big, honestly, if you want to kill it, if you want to blame anybody for, for, for really keeping the, the industry in a bubble... And this is I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. You should really blame Marvel and DC because they don't they don't want to spearhead. They're not doing a serious effort in pushing digital comics the way they should. Well, they don't they have, have to because they're Marvel and DC. Oh, but the, here's the problem: they do because their their sales are actually down from the from the year before, and they and people are suffering. Comic book shops are closing all over the place. The only comics that are sell are big are obviously like Batman, Superman, yep. big, big, big. And basically, they sell good when a movie comes out. So that's why people are wondering why you know. So it's 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 creating a situation where they have a lot of you know they they. The industry is getting smaller because they're they're not pushing it. They're holding on to this this old archaic kind of marketplace instead of trying to push it new. You know, people who want to buy their comics, who want to buy Marvel and DC digitally, can't. They have to wait like two three months until the thing is released and, and um until it finally catches up. And I think that's that's just ridiculous. You have to embrace the marketplace. I agree. Embrace technology. One of the, one now, of the things that we're finding out is that as the digital marketplace is actually gaining a foothold, is that there is still a place for the physical copy. Of course. And, and, and this is, this, I think that goes into what, what I was talking to with this guy. I said, listen, 
if what's going to happen is that people are not going to buy um, and physical comics anymore for the sake of following what happens next. What they're going to buy it is the same way that you buy art, the same way that you buy DVD box sets. When you watch a TV show on, on TV, you're watching it for free, right? They don't pay, theoretically speaking, they don't charge you a dollar you know, per episode or anything like that. You watch it for free. But you love the show so much that you go back and you want to own this. You want to actually have it in your shelf and say, hey, look, I love this show. So I believe that's really that's the natural progression where comics are going to go when you read a really great arc a story arc or a really great one shot and you're like man this is amazing i have to have this in my house you don't want to have it on your ipad sure you could show it to people yeah you could read it on the go but you want to have it on your shelf to show you absolutely I, I think where you're going is where we've been on this show before when we said it's not the content necessarily it's the memento of the experience well and exactly. I think that the industry should already know this because... Well, of course they should. Well, but I mean, I think they're, I think they're starting to realize right. because what are their biggest sellers? The vast majority of people don't read comics in paper anymore. They read them digitally, but they're not being put out digitally, so they're downloaded. They're pirate. Right. Yeah, it's nobody just, on this show does that. No, no one does. I, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, those trade paperbacks are selling like Matt. I mean, right. they are. That's their biggest moneymaker, those trade paperbacks where they collect all of the issues from a series and yeah. they put them into you know, a book. I'd rather have a book. It'll last longer. It, it's on my shelf. You can read the title on it and you can say, hey, this is Lock and Key. This guy reads Lock and Key. Right. And, and you know, people know something about me based on the fact that I have that book on my shelf. Honestly, you know, what's right. funny is that when, when people come into our house for the first time, generally the first thing they notice is the huge-ass bookshelves, and they go over to the bookshelves, and they're just fascinated, like, oh, I really like that. I really like that. Do we read our books all the time? No. Um, I will confess that I have digital editions of most of the books that I own, which I may or may not have purchased or acquired. Uh, we're just going to leave that alone. Um <laughs> But when I want to read the books, I need it to be in a more portable format. But, like, there is something about having a tangible book that is going to protect books from ever completely dying out. Even if it becomes sort of a fad, you know... But and, and there's there's another element to that as well though because I do uh, I, I do want to stress that this is important not just for the preservation of, of you know of, of our golden you know our golden years and growing up and our youth and all that stuff. It's, it's got it's nothing important. to do with that. It's it's, it's, it's literally no, got but, nothing but, to but, do with that. Well, I I know you're right. I, I know, but it's a lot of people are kind of looking at at that sentimental argument. You understand? So, but what I think is important is is not just. Not just, you know, because, you know, having, holding it in your hand. But the reason why digital comics is important is also to finally, finally get the youth back into reading it. Oh, and that's, yes. And that's, that's, I believe, is the most important thing. Because the majority of Inkbot readers right now, I'll tell you right now, just from, from interacting with them on Facebook, are between 14 and 19 years old. And they're, oh, dude, you're awesome. Oh, I love this. I love this. And they're totally committed, totally awesome. They go to the conventions. They meet us. They're to you know, they send us emails all the time. They hit me up on Facebook. They're just, they're just ecstatic at the fact that I'll talk to them. Well, I mean, that's, that's sort of the way of the future. You need to listen mm -hmm. to the people who are actually, not who you think are reading your comics, but who are actually reading your comics right. and listen to what they want. If they tell you, you know, we'd really like you to make this into a TV show, we would totally dig that. Chances are you're going to be able to make money off a TV show. 
Exactly. Well, that's the uh, watch for Sci-Fi Saturday Night uh, on primetime on a network near you. Well, I'm not. I mean, maybe they could do it like Mind's Eye, like a web series. There are ways to do like an animated version or a live action version. But if somebody says, you know, I love your web comics, I wish you would compile them into an issue or into a trade paperback, like as what happened in New York, I'm assuming, chances are you're going to make money off of it. Well, yeah. see, one of the things, if you take a look at some of the older models of this, uh, I think Freak Angels is probably one of the earliest ones where Warren Duffield and, and I'm sorry, Warren Ellis and Paul Duffield uh, started doing it strictly as a as a webcomic and then started bringing it out into uh, volumes. They're now on volume five. And uh, most people, I know, I know I'm one of the few people who every Monday... We'll just go to the website, read this week's edition, and I have all five volumes of, of them on hardcover too because I really enjoy them. It's it's. Hmm. I mean, it works. One, well, one complements the other because our absolutely. numbers. Absolutely, they're they're not mutually exclusive anymore. Right. Yeah, they skyrocketed well, and, after but, New York Comic Con is because of people I mean, buying the issues. I'm sure. I'll tell you what. I'll be honest. I would pay a monthly subscription if. Even if I could only have access to DC's or Marcel, Mar- Marvel's uh, entire back catalog, but he, I mean, he, to, to well, add in my two cents because I think that it, here's here, here's the biggest thing is because um, as an independent, you know, as an independent, because people ask me why don't you do a subscription base, um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, as an independent creator, can't do a subscription base, at least not yet, because we're we're you know we're under a year old. We don't have you know Spider-Man and Batman. Most most people will pick up a comic just because it has Spider-Man and Batman on it. it. They barely you know the smart the smart hardcore fans will go because of the creative teams. Everybody else would just go because of the character. We don't have that luxury. So what we have to do is we have to present a free model where people can enjoy totally go again. It's kind of like the TV model where everybody goes in you enjoy it i love this you talk about it you get excited about it and we have to make we have to make our revenue through other streams merchandising right. advertisement and then the printing of course the printing of our comics is how we make money as well and that's how they're two how, how, th- how those things at least for inkbot's business model is totally connected because you know obviously we're you know we're trying to make a living off our art but at the same time if i if i put in a, a subscription there right off the top nobody's gonna read my comics and say who the fuck are you you know i i don't know who the hell this yeah. is what's, what's inkbot.net but if they start following it because it's free and they say you know what this shit is actually good they're gonna start following it right well, exactly but i mean i mean i'm not even talking about the past 10 years i'm talking about you know reading from the earliest issues of you know adventure comics because i tried to get into into superman recently okay and i just i can't deal with those golden age comics i mean it's i don't know i just <laughs> I, I feel well, like but but then i start reading in the silver age and you know then they're they're referring back to these things, and I feel like oh, I got to go back and read this issue. Yeah, and that's what I don't like about Superman and Batman. Now I'll be honest, I've never really sort of read them, comically speaking, because I'm just like, there's just too much there. 
Oh, you I, mean the continuity factor? Yeah, I feel That's, like I won't know what's going on. If I'm going to read it, I'm going to damn well sit down from the beginning, and then I look at from the beginning how much material is there, and I'm like, ah, fuck it. You, you know what, though? <laughs> if, if you read an issue, and, 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 I'll, and anybody who's worth their salt as a writer will tell you, if you read an issue and you feel like you can't get it because there's too much going on in the continuity, you, screwed you, up. Are reading, you are reading a bad writer. Well, that's true. what it you got is. It. That's exactly that's right. what it is. The, our our as a writer, uh, like your, our purpose is 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 the hardest job in the world because basically we do what soap opera writers do. Whereas if you tune into one episode of Days of Our Lives, you know that show's been going on for whatever. But anybody that tunes in will somehow, some way, just feel like they've been watching this show forever, even though they've never tuned it in. That is the magic of comic book writing. And if they don't get that right, then they didn't do it correctly. They just, you know, you shouldn't be overwhelmed by the history. It just shouldn't work that way. Hey, Chris, so Chris can we talk about, about a couple Chris, of the... Don't. I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> Go ahead. No. Let's talk about the content in the Inkbot comics. I know you write... Exactly where I was going. You write Thumboy, you write... <laughs> Bullet. You've had some new. Uh, you picked up some new titles, Buddha Monkey and Mallville this past week. Tell us about the different series that people can, you know, look forward to on Inkbot. Sure. Um, well, we have the heavyweights right now at the site. Um, they've kind of started from the beginning, and they're extremely popular. Is our I think the Golden Three is um, Odessa. That's with um, me and and uh, Louis Chen. Uh, t- super uber talented artists and that's what that's about is what if the Nazis won World War II and what if Americans helped them do it and that's a real passion of mine because I'm a, a history teacher and aside from that just uh, it, it's it, it's a historical fiction that really deals a lot with race relations something that really close to my heart because I'm a real civil rights enthusiast and, and just you know very into this that whole scope of things so it's a, one of the most popular titles on the site the other juggernaut is a, a title called Revolvers which is done from a different uh, a, it's a western steampunk um, that updates every week on the site actually and it's done by this creative just uber creative duo uh, Clay Graham and Brent Martoni and they, they're just amazing amazing it's just extremely witty it's like Cowboy Bebop on acid. It's just really, so, really so good. So that one's not even really a comic, right? What do you mean? Oh, no, you're thinking of K. Oh, okay, K sorry. A, K, K is an online novel. Uh, well, it's that we have we have revolvers. Then we have Zomboy, which is um, actually the two creators of the site is me and a, and a gentleman called Jan Velasquez. And um, that's that's basically I write the title, but that's Jan's creation. And that's a that's basically it's it's kind of. It's kind of like a Pinocchio story, for, for lack of a better explanation, which is just um, talking about what if this zombie existed in this government lab and he started discovering what it means to be alive, even though he's not. And it's um, it just, that's, I think that's a lot of, if there's one thing I could say that really identifies Inkbot, is that we take, you know, I think, um, I think one of my problems, and I hope you know what I mean, I don't, I don't mean to offend anybody, I think a lot of people in independent comics write love letters to comics that they can't write. Um, in other words, like they, like they wish they were in DC or in Marvel, so they write like these series that they just hope would be, one day be picked up by them. I, and I think that's, that's just not, you shouldn't do that. I think you should really write something that's totally unique to our medium, to our, you know, to, to, to what people can experience for the other companies. I think Inkbot does that. Like, if we have a superhero story on the site, it's, it's definitely nothing like what DC and Marvel or any of these other companies are doing. And that's everything. We have a zombie story. It's not The Walking Dead. If we have, you know, we have Odessa historical fiction. It's not, you know, whatever the 
cream of the crop historical fiction story tends to be. Um, we have tons of weeklies. We have Marvel, which just launched this week. And, you know, it's, it's diversity. We have really good diversity. It's funny. Um, somebody brought up Buddha Monkey. Buddha Monkey launched this week on the site. And um, it, it, was, it was actually some controversy with it because um, I, a lot of our fans felt that artistically, in terms of the, the way the art looked, it wasn't up to par with the way the rest of our Inkbot releases. Um, and then, and, and I, you know, I... I what you call it? I I I felt the 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 title has this Saturday morning cartoon feel to it, and um, I also saw some of the later issues, so I know it's, it certainly gets better. But I just I just love the way you know how how loyal the Inkbot fans were, and they started voicing out, and then you know the creator got on the board and and talked to them, and it's just like now they're totally excited about Buddha Monkey too. So it's it's just you know we have a lot of great things brewing in in the website, and it's all done by professionals who are not. Writing, writing love, you know, we're not fanboys, we're not, we're professionals, we're really, really, we're taking our craft seriously, we're not, you know, we're not writing once every six months, no, we post on a consistent basis and we take our fan base and our story seriously. Alright. So there. <laughs> now tell us how you really feel. <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of great stuff happening over to Inkbot, you should all go over and check out their comics and when whatever is going to be released in the future will definitely make a link available on the site. So Christian, okay, are you going to be at Boston Comic Con? You know what? I um I didn't reserve a table, but I'm actually going to go there as a visitor just just to browse around cuz um I I I uh <laughs> I know I'm a good good friends with Frankie Washington. I believe he was a a, a guest in the show. A good friend of ours as well. Yeah, so uh, he's Absolutely. been kind of like, dude, get up here, you know, come on, how come, get your ass out of out of New York, you know, like, come up, visit us up here, so I definitely want to go down and just see how it rolls, probably tip over the sci-fi table or something. Yeah, come <laughs> see our table. Oh, yeah. Come visit us, hey, say hello. You can come with us to the club, just make sure you bring your needles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I would really do it. <laughs> we should. Oh, Stop. like we're not going to? What are you, crazy? <laughs> no damn well we're going to do Exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, should, I should mention this too. Like, um, I, I really liked the, the last podcast you guys did with. You had an artist up here and he was um, just talking about, uh, I think, the, the convention. I think it's the Granite Con that he always does. Oh, yeah, huh? Yeah, Jason he was great. Casey, yeah. and, and it was just, just to kind of bring it up for those of you who are listening that didn't listen to the last podcast you should it's awesome um it's he said something about he said something that kind of rung that stayed true to me it was that he said that a lot of people a lot of artists don't acknowledge the people who are passing their tables i don't fucking understand that it's true like that i i, I used to hate that as p when i used to go to conventions i wanted to buy someone's artwork and they were busy digging their face in their artwork and they would just look at or they would have a conversation with other creators creators would huddle in the back of a table and have conversation among themselves and i'm waiting yep. to buy something and they're looking at me like who the fuck are you okay you think that's bad you guys think that's bad try trying that with a pair of boobs <laughs> okay, because they won't even look you in the eye. Actually, I used to be 315 pounds, so I still have my boobs. <laughs> Actually, I have. That's a whole so nother show. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> if you're a girl, it's even worse because they're like, "Oh shit, there's a girl. What do I do? I can't talk to her." She has a vagina. Shit! <laughs> wow. Uh, they, they didn't get that. Sex what do you think she keeps robot. <laughs> Sex robot. Sex <laughs> robot. 
Uh, you should have seen at the New York Comic Con, people were surprised we were just talking to them. It was amazing. They were like, they they act like you know Stanley came down from the hill or something and just started talking to them. They were so happy. They didn't know who the hell we were. They just know we were selling high quality comics and we were talking to them, and they were just happy about it. So you know, awesome. I don't know. Advice to creators out there: talk to your fucking fans. Look at the motherfuckers and say, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> Thank you for coming to my fucking shitty ass table. You will make a lot more money. <laughs> you will make any money whatsoever. Wow. But then again, don't overdo it. Because if you overdo it, you just come off as desperate. Just be yourself. <laughs> That's what it is. Just no, seriously, yeah. there was this one guy at Wizard World who was selling books. I'm not going <laughs> to name any names. But oh he God. would just oh grab people who weren't even looking at him, weren't even going towards him, be like, hey, come look at my books, and they were clearly uncomfortable. So, don't do that. But if someone is clearly no. interested in talking to you, just talk to them. Well, it's, it, you know, it, there's, there's a balance. Uh, there's a delicate, coming from, you know, my, my father was like his marketing guy and, and it's just so it's there's definitely a balance you, you shouldn't go in people's faces and hand them flyers or anything like that I, I don't you know don't invade people's personal space at the same time if you're if you know if you're if you're just especially in a, in a, in a place like New York Comic Con if I just sit in my booth and wait for you to come to my table that shit's never gonna happen what I should do you know is hey guys inkbot.net check our stuff we got stuff here check it out whatever whatever if somebody comes up you just talk to them they're not interested they're not interested so it, it, there's again I do think there's a balance because uh, there's this notion that somehow you know, like you should. I, I think comic creators in, in general are just too, too shy. Don't be overbearing, but just like they're almost embarrassed of their work. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, Kriana, you remember what it was like yeah. the first time you met an author? Yeah, he was so cool. By the way, it was Chris Golden. Uh, I'll name names there. And now I get to talk to him all the time, and it's so cool, and I really like it. Okay. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis was the first guy I ever met. First um, author. He was awesome. I took I took Kriana to a convention when she was I don't know fourteen. I was eleven <laughs> actually. Eleven, that's right. I was really and you were little. Just really into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. And you were like, you and can come as long now. as you hold everything we buy in the backpack. You're the <laughs> Sherpa. And I was like, okay, I don't care. I I want to go. I want to go and meet you know a drunk Billy D. Williams. That was great. <laughs> I had the time of my life. Uh, you know, I almost got killed hey, at Christian. almost got killed at a Philly convention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was um. Uh, the, who's the Who's the guy? And, and I'm gonna probably gonna get killed for this too. Who's the guy who plays the lead guy in the Evil Dead? That he was on that freaking show. Bruce Burn Campbell. Campbell. Yes. Bruce Campbell. Well, I was that. My my wife is totally in love with him. She's like she's like dude. You know, if you if it's so bad, if I walk home and I see him in bed together, I'd be like, "Of course, no problem, just finish." And I just <laughs> home. Home. So, you know, it, it's 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 like that. But I, we were we were at the Philly Con and I was waiting online. I'm like, "Who the fuck we're seeing?" And she's like, "Oh, Bruce Campbell." I said, "Who the fuck is that?" And she showed me his picture. I said, "The guy from Burn Notice." And like a hundred, I mean, this was like <laughs> Philly Con and they, they didn't have DC or Marvel there, so. Everybody in the line turned around. <laughs> I was like, it was, it was amazing. It gets heated. It gets heated. But yeah, I was into Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it was right when the very first Angel comics came out, and Chris Golden was writing them. And I'd also read a bunch of his novels, and he's still one of my favorite authors. Heart, heart, heart. Um, 
enough fangirling. But, you know, I went up to there with stars in my eyes, and I was like, can I buy these three Angel comics? And he's like, oh, sure. And he starts talking to me, and I'm like, awesome, awesome, awesome. And then he signed them, and this was a big deal at the time, for free. A lot of other authors and artists at that show were actually charging an extra five bucks or whatever to sign their freaking comics. Seriously? But I don't know, maybe... (laughs) You know, what better way to make a fan for life? Is there one? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know. You you better be like fucking Obama or something if you're charging for a fucking signature. I mean, it's like... <laughs> but he doesn't. I, I, he doesn't I, I know. James Marsters, you know $40. Oh, let's but not you know go there. Let's, uh, break, break, let's not break dead redhead's heart again. Sorry, baby. I'm you know sorry, what, though? You know, if you come up you know, to us, if you come up to the Sci-Fi Saturday Night crew at uh, Boston Comic Con and you want a signature on any body part we will, we will not sign charge. whatever you want us to sign and it will <laughs> not cost you a dime whatever wherever and, and you will probably uh, also get a brain in a jar yes uh, That's right. likewise if you come to Inkbot we'll sign anything fuck it we'll draw on your asshole I don't give a fuck we'll, we'll, we'll... <laughs> He's going to be in Boston. You're all set. Yes, I am. (laughs) You know, I just really need a good boob drawing. Can you manage that? Thanks. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, speaking of things that are coming up, uh, you know, assholes and and boob drawings, what do we have coming up on our calendar, X? X. Wow. What a great table like that. <laughs> wow, somebody's eager to be <laughs> off tonight. <laughs> Java, you are the king of the segways. I gotta hand it to you, man. <laughs> or Next something. Week. Next week, StoryForge's Steve Letary gives us the scoop on all the new shows at SciFinal.com. Then on February 26th, filmmaker Blake Freeman turns a skeptical eye towards aliens, psychics, and silliness with his documentary, God Bless America. On March 5th, Boston Comic-Con artist and king of the sketch cards, Tyler James. Woohoo! And on March 12th... <laughs> I like him. He's going to draw me an Abe Sapien. Nah, he's gonna draw <laughs> I love Abe Sapien. Yeah, rock on! And on March 12th, the title says it all. Author Nick Redfern on his book, The NASA Conspiracies, The Truth Behind the Moon Landings, Censored Photos, and the Face on Mars. Do we really have to the do face? that one? Wait, really? Isn't that supposed to didn't be Didn't Mythbusters already touch that shit? <laughs> I, I think, guys, I think that the real title... What? I think that the real title of that book is uh, NASA Conspiracies... The truth behind the moon landing, censored photos, and the face on Mars? I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. <that>? Anyway. <laughs> you can but also anyways. catch a, a Sci-Fi Saturday Night because we are the official podcast of the Boston Comic Con. Damn right we are. Right, that's coming up on April 30th. And uh, we are also the official podcast of Comic Art House, your one and only source for original comic artwork. Visit Bob and Kim at ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. 
Sci-Fi Saturday Night is one of the official podcasts of the <laughs> Granite State Comic Con coming up on May 15th. Check out anotherheaven.com for the best selection of Asian and cult cinema DVDs and visit adamsmedia.com, the first name in nonfiction publishing. Tonight's outro music provided by Zenoys. Pick up their CD, The Benevolent Beast, on iTunes. Dome. Uh, great thanks to our guest, Christian Rubiano. And check him out at inkbot.net. We'll be checking him out. And we'll also be checking him out at Boston Comic Con. Hope to see you all then. What? From the Alston Brighton Hellmouth outside of Boston, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana. Thank you, darling. I would just like to shout out to our chat room crew who are back this week to entertain me. Hooray! <laughs> and thanks very much to our friends at the Four Color Vault of Comics, Illustrator X, and that lovely sweetheart of Typo Negative, the Dead Redhead. Okay, I want to know why she's a sweetheart what? of Typo Negative if she's a zombie, not a vampire. Because I said so. I thought they oh. were talking about I me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From Outpost Gallifrey, our gaming editor, okay. great thanks to Awake by Job. <laughs> As RuPaul might say, Flame on. Oh. <laughs> and this is the dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everyone. Yay! Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs>